Welcome to the Level Up Artist Podcast. We're your hosts, Adriana M.A. and Jackie Sanders. We are two art professionals sharing for the advice and business lessons we have learned along our creative journeys. We talk to artists, leaders, and art professionals to demystify the creative process and discover new ways to succeed as a career-minded artist. If you find value in these conversations, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified when we drop a new episode every Tuesday. So when it comes to building an art career, <laughs> the interesting thing about it is that there are so many decisions to make and there's not exactly a reliable way to predict how each will contribute to our art and business. So when it comes time to sit down and attempt to make goals for the year, you can make it a little extra challenging. Like, how are you supposed to narrow down your focus from all the different options that are available? So on today's episode, we're going to share with you our hopes and dreams and goals, of course, for the new year. Um, and perhaps if you haven't set your 2024 goals yet, uh, this episode could provide the necessary inspiration and or some of the structure needed uh, to do that for your career, too. Yeah, exactly. And especially as the first week of the new year, happy 2024, everyone. But inevitably, that is a big thing on people's minds. New Year's resolution, what should my goals be? Did I fall behind last year? How do I get ahead this year? All of the things. So we're going to provide some structure when we're sharing our goals, because this is really how we also think about them, right? So we think about what are our art making goals, our marketing goals, Um, thinking about exposure, as well as looking at our income streams and our personal goals, as well as an overall theme for the year can be really helpful when you need something just to say, okay, what's overall, what's my goal for the year? But the biggest thing when it comes to goal setting, at least for me that I think about it is reverse engineering. And by that, I mean, okay, imagine it's December, 2024. It's already the end of the year. What are those things that you're going to just be super glad that you prioritize this year? And that's essentially then what your goal should be. Yeah, essentially. Well, then let's go ahead and dive straight in, Jackie. So for you, for art making, what do you have on the list this year? Oh, man. So this is obviously more focused on our studio practices, For me, I feel like over the last couple of years, as with many of us, I've gone through many different bodies of work. They all have a through line visually and they're cohesive, but I definitely have been having this itch to expand on them more, especially Mm -hmm. on my shadow painting series that air on the edge of being sculptural paintings. Um, So that's definitely a focus of mine in the new year is to really just go full-on sculpture mode. Um, I've also had an itch to rearrange my art studio a little bit, which is no surprise. I love rearranging spaces, (laughs) Um, but really focus on not just sculptures that hang on the wall, but like pedestal in my space type of sculptures. Um, So also incorporating light, emphasizing those shadows um, and make artwork that are experiences, which is always a focus of my work. Um, And I think light and shadow is a great way to do that. If you know me in my personal life, I'm like obsessed with LED lights, having different colors in a space. And so I'm really excited to have that in my art making practice too, which will be a lot of fun to experiment with. Um, I'm trying to think the other things will really focus on murals. Um, 
I was able to invest in an iPad recently. And so I'll be focusing on Procreate, um, learning that software, doing digital mock-ups, which will definitely be a big learning curve for me because I'm normally pen and paper kind of drawler. Um, but I am excited for that process. And that'll take a lot of time and patience as I learn a new tool. Um, but using that as part of a daily drawing series again. So for those who don't know, in 2020, before I was really um, hitting any milestones with my art business besides starting, which is a huge milestone, I committed to doing a daily drawing series. So every day with a sheet of paper and a Sharpie, I would do a drawing. It could take five minutes. It could take 30 seconds. It could take an hour. Um, and they just vary day to day, but it was that recommitment to my studio practice every day by showing up. Um, so it's kind of turned into this every other year, uh, practice. So <laughs> I didn't do it in 2021, did it again in 2022. So now being 2024, we are back at it. Um, I am giving myself a little bit of space with it though, in terms of, um, I'm allowing it to be either a drawing, maybe a journal entry. It could be a sketch on the iPad. So doing like a yes, procreate yes. mock-up, it doesn't have to be a physical drawing. Um, so I'm kind of giving myself a little bit of flexibility with the parameters because digital drawing, drawing on physical paper and journaling all contribute to my creative practice. So mm -hmm. I'm super excited about that, expanding on something that was already there. But how about you, Adriana? What art making goals do you have for this year? Well, I'm actually I'm actually surprised you didn't mention your micro gallery while we were at it. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I guess in that part, it's like a whole other I know, but in my brain, I'm like, I mean, you've been making well, tiny art little making. pieces of art that go inside this tiny Brett Boggs size gallery. <laughs> okay, yeah, so because it's super exciting. So I'm like, what do you? What the do you micro got gallery will people? definitely be continuing. Um, if you saw on social media in December, we had our second location. So we had like a storefront in downtown Raleigh, which was so awesome as part of their Illuminate exhibition. Um, citywide exhibition. So right now we have two locations back in my gallery. So they're basically like are two stacked on top of each other. I haven't decided if I'm going to keep them as separate galleries. Maybe I'll make like little stairs or a ladder to make a micro gallery kingdom essentially. Um, but that's great that you brought that up though, because especially as I've been starting these light sculptures, a lot of them have started as studies just as most things do and um that is part of the first exhibition of the year in our micro galleries uh so i definitely see them as a way to showcase new work that i'm working on experiments things like that and especially in those small spaces the light in there if you can just see the full effect of oh what would this light sculpture look like at 10 times the scale in a gallery where these lego people are humans so there'll definitely be a lot of micro gallery content coming your way in 2024. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd throw that one out there. I was like, wait a minute, we're missing something. Procreate, yes, exciting. But uh, um, yeah, micro gallery is a lot more fun. Um, I want to feel like 
Um, and on my end, I'll say, yes, Camp Procreate, great. Um, Camp Fresco. So for those of you that are into Adobe, very similar. But if you already have the Adobe apps, they all talk to each other. So mm -hmm. they'll sync across. So good stuff. But um, for me, in terms of art making, a uh, couple of things, and you'll hear me say this throughout this episode and other episodes, and we'll continue to say this on episodes, but um, definitely 2024, an increased focus on murals for sure. You know, the idea of creating bold designs, executing them at a larger scale, um, you know, that aspect where you're working with a client as well. Um, I mean, I shied away from commissions for a little bit. And then once I started doing them in my painting practice, I actually enjoy them. I actually enjoy that collaborative aspect of them. And murals are basically a giant commission painting is the best way to put it. Um, sure, I'd love to have clients that let me do my own thing, so to speak. But in general terms, you're working on somebody else's wall. They're going to have some kind of input. So I'm looking forward to doing more of those. Um, I've also been looking forward to, and I've applied to funding, so we'll see what happens um, if I get approved for it. But I'd like to do a mural that has a participatory community component, meaning people do come up, strangers, uh, people of all ages, all backgrounds, um, can come and help paint a mural, especially in their own communities. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, it's kind of like the next step from the Community Canvas project that I was running in the past. This one's obviously at a much larger scale, so we'll see what happens, but definitely more on the mural side of things. I keep learning more techniques and talking to other muralists and learning from them and exchanging ideas, so looking forward to that art making wise. Um, I've also been looking to create or will be looking to create a body of work that can be exhibited as an installation, specifically ceramics, uh, ceramic sculpture with the idea that it'll eventually get acquired and get displayed in a hotel or another corporate space. So it's one of those challenges of if you go way too conceptual, then folks are like, what am I looking at? Or, you know, what kind of feelings it evokes? Like, essentially, I don't want to go commercial, but also don't want to go so, I'm just going to say it, artsy-fartsy, <laughs> that, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't have appeal, right? It's just too specific. It's too niche down. So somewhere in the middle, but still being authentic to my practice and always cohesive with the rest of my body of work. So not a challenge at all, right? There's there's like several boxes to click in there. So um, throughout December, been developing some different ideas and then January is go time, um, which leads me actually into the next one. So one of the goals that I had uh, for 2023 was to explore artist residencies. And I did apply to several. And now 2024, starting in January, I have my first one, which actually is going to be at the Penland School of Craft, which super mega excited about it. It's near Asheville. Um, so that will give me the time to intentionally focus on creating this series of work this body of work with less interruptions from other aspects of the art business and even the personal life so essentially it's it's not quite two weeks almost of just art making literally that's all we're doing and in this particular case I applied for the ceramic residency got a, a fellowship for it for which I'm super grateful of course 
Um, but that's all we're doing during that time. It's just strategically working on ceramics and any painting that takes place will be on the ceramics themselves as opposed to canvas, et cetera. So super mega excited about that. See what comes out of it. Um, haven't done a residency before, so this is beyond exciting. Um, and then the other thing from an art making perspective that I want to uh, focus on throughout the year is to continue to develop uh, larger paintings that are on stretch canvas, um, kind of like mini murals in a way, which I've mentioned in the past, but I did too, then I had to like back burner them for a little bit to focus on other things like holidays come with so many events anyways. Um, plus I was out of town. There, there's a lot of things that were coinciding, but I want to bring them back. I want to continue working and developing that. I like the idea of having a piece of art that's big enough that you can still have this immersion experience with it like a smaller painting that you just look at confined in a space you know once you look at larger scale work you almost feel like you can step through it like you can walk into it it's fantastic mm -hmm. um so i love this idea of being able to have something larger like that however from a practical standpoint um by doing it on unstretched canvas it would mean shipping would be a lot easier you know if it's going especially if it's going to another country um but also in terms of say someone that's renting they don't have to worry about what happens if if my HOA or, you know, whatever apartment complex doesn't even allow me to have a mural. How can I still have that immersive experience? Well, you can have it on something that you can move over time and move with you. So actually and move rooms even in the same house. So I don't know, still marinating that one, still ironing that one out. But um, it's definitely something that I want to continue to work on in 2023 along with the ceramic body of work and then of course the murals but whew, that's the art making side and as we both know and y'all know um the art career for better or worse it's like the making of the art is just a small portion of it once yeah. you make it it can't just live in storage forever you know what I mean or live in the studio or in the basement or wherever you're putting it um, you eventually have to get it out in the world. And that's where the marketing side of things comes in. Not in a keyword, as we always remind you. It's basically like, how are you going to tell your story about the thing that you just made, the journey you're going through, you you know, things you want your audience to learn. So um, with that being said, Jackie, what are some of your marketing goals for 2024? Yeah, I think that's a great distinction that you made that, again, like we do talk about a lot, the difference of marketing is just sharing what you are doing. You don't have to perform and it shouldn't feel like this huge weight, um, but it can feel that way at times. And I know, especially for me, that having a public facing studio as we do October, November, December, even if you don't commit to other outdoor markets or other events, it's inevitably a time where people are holiday shopping. There's maybe more foot traffic in our spaces like there was this year. Um, and I think for everyone can really relate with that mindset of it's just like a busy time, um, the mindset of being busy. So this year, especially with marketing, I prepared things in December, like a handful of social media posts and my newsletters so that in January, I can kind of take a mental break from marketing 
to be super present with my studio practice, especially being so excited about these sculptures and light experiments. Um, that's one thing that I treat myself to every January is that extra focused studio time while also making sure that there's some basics in marketing. Um, some artists also choose just to go completely off the grid for a month or two. And that is totally fine too. I have a handful of things planned um, content wise. Um, but that kind of goes into what my larger goals are for marketing for the year is to really simplify my processes because I do love marketing. I love, I do it for my day job. I do it for dozens of small businesses all over the country. So I feel like I have kind of the opposite mindset with it that many do in terms of I could spend all day making videos and have so much fun, like creating the narratives, doing voiceovers, doing time-lapse. Um, but my job in my art business is to be the artist first, not the marketer first. So one thing that I really want to focus on is simplifying it in terms of how can I still share everything I'm doing without getting almost distracted by the shiny object fun of the videos when <laughs> I can't afford the time. If I'm saying, you know what, this is my time of relaxing and I'm going to make five Instagram videos. Great. Then like, it's not the same. Um, so yeah, so focusing more on like time-lapse videos, more voiceover, voiceover summarizing an experience, whether that's an event, whether that's studio time, whether it's part of my daily practice, um, journaling, drawing, any of that. And then especially from a hosting standpoint, um, from digital marketing, really focusing on planning ahead the monthly post, the static post um, on Instagram, which I've been doing that in 2023. And it's helped so much um, because there's never a time where I feel like I have to post something because I already kind of have the foundation of content there um, because I already planned it a month in advance. And that's more evergreen content, which we can go into that on a different episode, maybe like a revamped marketing strategy for the new year. Um, but really focusing on more posting in real time on TikTok and Instagram two, three times a week. And the biggest, I think, change to my workflow for the new year, though, is I want to start sharing the videos that I share on social media through my newsletter. And I think it's one of those processes that really won't be that difficult just as with anything, I just need to sit down and figure it out. And then it'll be like an established process because that is ultimately the biggest goal for my business. It's not to grow on social media. It's to grow my newsletter. And yes, mm -hmm. by growing a social media following, then that's kind of like top of the funnel. People can discover you. Then they commit to being on your newsletter. Um, but that's really for me where the relationship is made between me and collectors, new collectors, return, uh, returning collectors, um, potential gallery owners, mural opportunities, all of that is through the newsletter. So I also think that people that are on my newsletter are not always on social media or at least on the, on it, the way that I think they are. Um, mm -hmm. so even people I've known for years, like family, friends, like one person like just sent me a video. Like I had no idea you made videos like this. And I'm like, I've been doing this for 
three years. Like, so making sure that the work that we put in kind of like reaches everyone. So putting them on the newsletters, I'm very excited for. Um, and that also comes with documenting some of those projects in a more concrete way. Um, so I don't think I'm necessarily going to be focused on YouTube as a long form video on like a weekly basis by any means. I don't think that's going to be my preliminary platform, but I think especially when it comes to meeting new people and they say, oh, well, tell me more about this project. Having those like synthesized videos where even if it's like a summary of the whole project in one four minute montage and doing a voiceover of it, I think would be really cool. Um, Cause I already do blogs for all of my projects. And I think that's kind of like the next iteration, even like if it ends blog? up just be, what was that? Like a video blog? Like with kind a of. V-L-O-G? Yeah. Like I don't necessarily want to narrate, like talk to the camera of the whole experience, but if I'm just doing, not just doing, if I am doing time-lapse videos of the process and then basically make one video at the end, like showcasing all of it, um, rather than feeling like I have to perform the entire time of the project. Um, because that's one thing with me is that because I love making videos, but I also find that, and I've talked to many artists about that, including between us of the, if you get too into the marketing brain, it can pull you out of the creative process at times. And so that's a very hard thing to balance of, well, how do I document my process while still making advances, exploring and experimenting, um, which is really hard to do. And they're honestly hot take. There are parts of your creative process that for me, I cannot document while keeping it authentic to my process, but a time-lapse video is the closest thing that I can find that isn't obstructing me getting into the flow per se. Um, so trying to do more of that rather than saying, oh, well, I need to do a voice narration, play-by-play, talking about everything I'm doing or nothing. Like what is yeah. that in between so I can be flexible in that process? Yeah. Plus you brought that up and I'm glad you did. It's like, We've all seen those videos where you think the creative person is talking at you, not talking with you. Right. And they're just like, you know, it's almost like they're trying to sell you on something or they're trying to get the spotlight. And there's this delicate balance of like, yes, you want that audience watching your video to learn more about you and be interested with you, but you want it to be authentic enough that they feel like they're in conversation with you, not that it's your monologue. So no, that's super interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's, yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, I see it and I'm like, oh, I like their video, but I, I don't know. There was just something off about it. And a lot of times yeah. that's come from. Yeah. And also figuring out like who, which is a larger marketing conversation of like, who is your audience? Is it other mm-hmm. artists? Is it a gallery owner? Is it a collector? Is it a potential person that wants a commission? Um, So understanding who you're talking to with the content, both posts and videos, and then that determines where it should be posted or how it should be used or presented, Um, which kind of brings me to my one other um, big marketing focus of the new year. 
um, that honestly I'm working on right now. It's more of like a quarter one project. It's creating like one video for YouTube. It'll probably be like maybe two minutes max as kind of like a elevator pitch montage of like when people ask, oh, so what do you do? Like I have participated in a couple like small business elevator pitch competitions, which was really helpful in synthesizing, okay, this is a total stranger. What do you do? Rather than just saying, oh, well, I'm an artist. I make things. Or the opposite, which I tend to do, is go into a big spiel of, oh, well, I do this and I do this. No, I work with them. And I now I'm working on this. And like, you just get in that spiral effect. And they're like, oh, okay. Like you go from level 10 to level two to level 100 in like two seconds. So creating a video that's like a good overview goes into enough detail to be intriguing. Um, but more so using those like time-lapse type videos or like video of panning over details of paintings, those kinds of things um, for an upcoming project that I'm working on with that will be in front of a lot of community members that we'll dive into later. Um, but having kind of that, oh, who is this artist and what are they doing? And you're like, great, here's a two minute video to let them know who I am and what I'll be doing. So I'm very yeah. excited about that. It's been something that's been on my mind for a while, but yeah, I'm excited to get started. So yeah. How about well, you, Adriana, from a marketing standpoint? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that last one because I'm like, I did it last year, exactly what you're describing, but I definitely need to update mine. I feel like it needs yeah, to I be at least once a year YouTube, almost like a movie trailer of the artist's life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is one thing, the difference between, oh, I'm documenting this event that happened or, hey, here's a body of work. But stuff like this of, oh, who are you and what do you do? That's going to change and like acknowledging, okay, this will probably only be applicable for six months or so. Because especially as these sculptures expand, I have to include them in the montage and blah, yeah. blah. So yeah, yep. it'll be like a lot of fun. At least once a year. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, besides that, besides that one, I feel like a lot of my... Uh, the way I'm looking at marketing for 2024 is kind of having a renewed focus on strategic partnerships online, but also in person. So, and kind of like how they tie in together. So one of them obviously has to do with video, as we all know, video is not going anywhere. So I'm always working on, you know, evolving my videography skills, um, I don't know. There, it's just so much fun. Like you said, like I'm with you. I was like nodding away while you're talking about like how much it's, how much fun it's doing video. The one thing about it is like the editing part can take a long time. So mm. there's that. And I got to figure out how to best handle that one. And what of that can be delegated, which more on that in a second, but essentially yes, video continue on the video path. Um, plus I like it instead of like, I'm not one of those persons that likes to write five paragraphs in a text message. I'd rather pick up the phone and call, you know? Um, and as it relates to, to video, to me, I find that the closest thing. Instead of telling someone, read this blog, I'd rather just record a video. I just don't like being in front of the screen, but I can do a voiceover. So it's like balancing what that style looks like, but definitely while also trying to level up what that looks like. So that's part of it. Another one of it is um, 
Um, speaking of delegation, delegating uh, parts of the social media process, especially the editing part, um, I'm more interested in, you know, freeing up more time for the art making side of things, or if I'm working on client interactions or a mural or a residency, things like that. So delegating some bits and bobs of that will help. I'm still like ironing it out what that looks like. It may be, I mean, a form of delegation could be, well, I'm having chat GPT. And it's writing a whole bunch of posts for me. And then I'm using a social media scheduler, which I already have. And it said social media scheduler is the one that is going to help me with it. You know, mm -hmm. like, and that's how I'm going to do it. So I'm going to introduce it through some level of automation, right? Anyways, so that's part of it. Um, another one is um, I want to be more intentional about sharing my residency experiences, the murals, art making process, um, any personal stories that tie into the work and even some of the travel experiences that, you know, will, will come with that um, as part of what I'm sharing online, how I'm sharing online and the story that through marketing that we share, you know, what that overall picture looks like. Um, sometimes I get so hyper-focused on whatever the project is that it's not that I can't record. I do. I think I'm pretty good about documenting. It's the sitting back later and editing and trying to cohesify everything. I'm like, I feel like as I improve my video geography skills one thing that I want to work on that I've seen and I've talked to professional videographers about it something that they do and I want to bring into my marketing practice or content strategic content practice if you will is the idea of I don't want to call it a script but almost I'm trying to remember what the name is but essentially, it's like a video shot list, I believe is the name that they use for it. It can have a script. Some people call it a, um, oh, the word escapes me, like a something board, storyboard. I think it's the other name I've seen used for it. But essentially, the idea that before you even film, you already have the shots that you're going to film. So that would mean that if you're showing up to the canvas on a painting, you literally have a checklist of the things that you need to record and you forget about the rest. So literally it can be like, oh, I need a shot of me mixing colors, right? Set up the camera, do the thing, turn the camera off after you're done, right? And continue doing your thing. And you can check that off the list with the idea that you're not so overwhelmed with all the things you're recording like that happens to me sometimes with time lapses I'm not recording in time lapse mode I record in real time so I have this giant file that then I chop up and get what I need from it and then I'm working with what kind of files do I have don't want to go too technical into it but essentially instead of having a big chunk of video that now I have to process I would instead have clips based on what I already decided before I even started recording so takes up less space, there's less editing, theoretically, um, but it takes more upfront work. So working on that and seeing how that would apply to the murals and, you know, the other experiences and things I want to share. So there's that. Um, definitely want to continue growing the newsletter. You've always heard us like preach about this one because it's true. Newsletter, newsletter, newsletter. Um I want to be intentional about attracting the right audience into it as well. So I feel like it would be very easy for me to offer some kind of incentive. And a lot, I know a lot of artists that do, they'll say like a free print 
every month or you get into a giveaway or whatever it is, right? Um, in exchange of getting into the newsletter. And in my mind, I'm like, no, if I'm attracting the right people, what I'm sharing through this newsletter is already enough. Um, I don't have to also give something away for free, you know, because then they're only there for the free stuff. And that's not the right kind of audience. So I'm still like always working on how can I get the right people to my newsletter somewhere on the app. Um, I want to increase my one-on-one -on -one interactions online um, and in real life, of course, with art professionals. So galleries, consultants, curators, you know, the shakers and movers, if you will, for an artist's career. Um, some of it would be through a newsletter, but a newsletter isn't just focused on them. So that's where I'm like, I want to focus on which, which ones I want to build those relationships with separately, which yes, means more time. Thus, while well, I was talking about delegating some of the other stuff. And then, um, in 2023, I intended to build out my YouTube channel and poor thing. It kind of got into the back burner. I want to try again now in 2024. So one of the ways will be to update my, of course, my uh, trailer, as we called it, like movie trailer for artists. Um, but I want to see how it ties in with everything else and see how longer form video can translate to shorter term that can also be shared um, on Instagram, TikTok, etc. So still working on that one. For now, I'm just going to say, like, I want to try again and see if I can find a sustainable way to create the videos and share the different stories and things like that. And maybe have some things that are slightly evergreen that can be recorded in advance as opposed to trying to do everything real time. But uh, yeah, marketing. Marketing is <laughs> all about. Yeah. And marketing, of course, a lot of it is about sharing the story. But the other part of it is like. Okay, you can share the story, but you also have to get it in front of people. And that's that's where we like to talk about exposure. And we're not talking exposure as in, you know, you're doing work for free for fill in the blank, whoever asked you in exchange for quote unquote exposure. We're not talking about that. We're no. talking literally about getting the right eyeballs and please get paid. I mean, if you're just starting out. But, you know, try to get paid something essentially yeah. Don't work for exposure. <laughs> Yeah. And that one tip that kind of leans into that exposure mindset that got me thinking was, especially if you're working with maybe a school, a large corporate company, they have a newsletter database of all of their employees or all of the teachers and parents of the students. So an idea for artists out there um, and definitely something that I'm thinking about from an exposure standpoint is partnering with organizations like that to where part of that quote unquote payment is not just this ambiguous exposure, but a hundred percent, you know, you are getting in front of those people. Um, mm -hmm. So whether it's, oh, hey, here's this promo video about me and my work and what I do. This is something that maybe it's built in your contract, they send this out at the beginning of your project to the 20,000 emails of parents that they have on their newsletter list, on their weekly email of what's going on at, at this school this week. Oh, by the way, we have this new artist who's doing a mural. Here's their video. You know, it's a, kind of a way to quantify exposure as much as you can. 
But with that being said, um, that's definitely something that I want to uh, lean into is kind of cementing relationships in getting in and expanding them with more people. Um, so from a more gallery standpoint, cementing a handful of relationships that I have up in like Maryland and Pennsylvania and Virginia, um, is something I'm going to be leaning into, especially with these, uh, sculptures and experiments that I'm working on. Um, and, trying to uplift and expose other organizations that are doing great work in the community. Um, I know this was definitely a goal of mine in 2023 that is still on my list and that is okay. As you're reviewing your goals, you may get in the same point too of, oh yeah, that was a goal of mine last year. And it just kept getting kind of kicked down <laughs> the to-do list. Um, but I really want to start um, donating a percentage of my sales to local organizations that I'm very passionate about or have partnered with before, um, even from a simple like exposure standpoint, having when people check out on my website, having an option to say, hey, here's four or five organizations that I really value with a little blurb about them so people can toggle and select which one would you like to donate a percentage of today's sales to. So even if it's not the organization that's selected, that people would still, in theory, read about these organizations, see their name, um, or that's the plan. I, I don't know. That's kind of in the works for this year, and it's going to happen. It's not going to get kicked to next year. <laughs> but I'm really excited about doing that um, because – there are so many organizations that do such good things in our community. Yeah, so. they definitely do. Yeah. Plus there's the technical side, but we're not going to dive into that. Cause I'm like, my nerd brain's like, yeah, but does Squarespace have an option where it would let you, but that's, that's a different story. Yeah. It would again. probably end that's up being story. a, uh, maybe yeah, like I have the, to figure uh, out the technical side. I think it would definitely will yeah. become part of my manual finances each month, which is fine. And just like a little extra step. Um, but it would maybe have to be after checkout and like a, the comments. Comments. oh yeah. In the comments. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We won't dive we'll into this. It. <laughs> Coming to my it. website soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Adriana, from an exposure standpoint, um, what are you focused on in 2024? Um, definitely reaching more art collectors and art professionals outside of our local area. Um, so in 2023, I was able to enjoy Big Solo, several group exhibitions. Most of them were in the Triangle area, the Tri-City area that we live in near Raleigh. Um, and then I did have a few out-of-state ones, um, like a notable one was in December. You know, I had a sculpture that went up to Chicago, Illinois, which was super exciting. That's like the farthest I've sent anything at this point. Um, so that, wait, no, I take that back. As an exhibition, yes. As a purchase, I think the furthest thing one of my pieces has gone to is Germany. That's a story for another day. That was, anyways, story for another day. I was a collector. Um, but it's one of those things where I was like, okay, it's great to have all these 
uh, opportunities that's local because as we build those relationships then those opportunities kind of some of them actually come to your door right where someone's like hey have you applied to this have you applied to that but in looking at my cv for especially 2023 and 2022 as well a lot of it is raleigh chapel hill durham like it's the tri-city area that we're in um, and I'm like, okay, I want to expand a little bit past that, right? I want to go a little bit bigger. I think this is part of our normal transition as artists anyways. You start with who you know, what you know, and then you just kind of go from there. Um, some of the things that I'm looking forward to that I'm planning and or hoping uh, for is in terms of exhibitions, I'd like to do smaller group shows. So not ones where I'm competing against hundreds of people. <laughs> um and then like I just did one and it was fantastic but like depending where your piece is located there's so much for the collectors or the visitors to look at that they might not even see it as opposed to if it's a more focused two to four people exhibition for example they're coming for you and the other people but they're intentionally coming for you and the other people so there would be more likely to look for your things if it's something that resonates with them um so that's that's a thought um still figuring out what that would look like i mean i do have a couple um exhibitions in place one of them is a small invitational that's coming up so we'll see how that goes and how the theme gets cohesified in the work. So we're, we're going to get to that. Um, I definitely want to do more exhibitions where both my paintings and ceramics are exhibited together. Um, you know, in 2023, a lot of the times it was either one or the other outside of my solo, which was last January or January of 2023. Um but outside of that, mostly they were separate. So I want to see how can I make it where in the exhibitions they go together since I am being very intentional about making them cohesive with each other. So we'll see how that works. Um, definitely want to paint more murals outside of the state, outside of our area. I did my first international one in the Dominican Republic, and I definitely want to add more countries to that list as well that's in the would be really nice I'm gonna figure it out don't know how don't know when but it's gonna happen in 2024 at some point at least one other country and then um at least one other state I'm, I'm gonna keep these simple in terms of what's what's doable um attainable goals let's just call it that I want to definitely crush them and surpass them but um Definitely that. Uh, artist residencies is another way in which I can reach folks outside of my area. Um, so though the first one is in Penland, which is still in North Carolina. It is the western part of the state. So it's a completely different audience and different set of artists and structures, etc. that I'm going to be exposed to. Um, also like the galleries that are in that area and other art professionals that I'm planning to meet up with or go visit. So that's, that's part of the, part of the plan since I'm already going to be there. Um, but I'm also interested in doing this out of state and abroad as well. Um, I mean, it's a delicate balancing act in the sense that every time you kind of stop to go away somewhere, it disrupts other things that are already on the plate plus the expense, especially travel um, and other things that need to be done ahead of time to cover for when you're gone, things like that. So there's a lot of strategy behind it. And also the fact that a lot of them that I'm looking at, you apply and you have to wait to be approved. So I have to be careful in how I'm 
applying to this opportunity so that if two did say yes, there's no overlap. Um, but there's a chance one or both of said two in our example could also say no, then what am I going to do during that time? Like, where am I going to go? How am I going to, you know, if my intention was to go out to X location for this focused work and I'm not going anymore, how's that going to translate to what I'm doing locally? So anyway, so there's a lot of, uh, moving parts going on this year so that's part of the 2024 planning is like looking at the calendar looking at the exhibitions if i'm out in a residency but i have to deliver artwork to this uh other exhibition venue how am i going to do that if i'm in another country it's that kind of stuff that i'm trying to figure out um as i plan for 2024 um uh definitely researching galleries um that would be opening to a guest artist feature um perhaps a more permanent arrangement for the right fit for each other. So I'm not looking for necessarily the traditional, uh, perhaps that you might think of gallery representation, where it's just the one. I'm actually looking to dance around a few of them and say, hey, do you do group shows or do you do guest artist features, uh, which I will have one um, coming up in the spring, um, where that's exactly what they are. They're like, hey, we have the spot. Like, do you want to put some of your work up? um not as part of a specific exhibition but literally an artist spotlight like a guest artist spotlight so i'm going to be talking to a few other galleries about this and how that would work um and then lastly i want to work more closely with nonprofits um which apparently it's a goal for both of us to work more with institutions that we care about. Um, in my particular case, the focus would be on murals. Um, I would love to make murals for them that would uplift and inspire folks that they serve. Still working on the details with that one, um, but more to come on that. I think that would be a way to give back. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So, so far, obviously we've talked about making the art, um, telling our story. And then of course, we just talked about the exposure bit, which is getting eyeballs in front of it. But as career-minded artists, we actually have to talk about the money part. Um, unless you're in a very fortunate and privileged situation, which if you are, good for you. This is awesome. Um, most of us have to make money in some way, shape, or form, at least to cover the expenses of having the art career in the first place. So let's dive in. Income streams, it's actually something we'd like to talk about. So how about you, Jackie? What are some of your income stream ideas uh, for 2024? Yes, obviously it all comes down to money. Um, and before we kind of dive into our goals, one thing that I would suggest that all of our listeners do or any artist that I talked about, really any business owner, um, is something I did in December that was super, super helpful for establishing my goals for the new year when it comes to income streams. Because oftentimes we'd be like, I don't know what my goal should be X amount for the entire year. Yeah, that sounds like a good goal. Sure. Um, but one thing that I found that was helpful, whether you're just starting and did like one market, whether you sell primarily online or in person, one thing that you want to do is at the end of the year or even at the beginning of this year, if you didn't do it last year, is sit down and add up all of your income from your business for that year. Divide up those sales based on your income streams. So whether it's sales of original paintings, sales of art products, 
Did you do any teaching workshops? Did you paint any murals? Like whatever your income streams are, the categories say, okay, I got X percentage from original painting sales, X percentage from art products, and really figure out the percentages of that income and then brainstorm if you didn't track your time, which is totally fine, at least like roughly how much time do you spend on each of those income streams? Um, because it's kind of a larger business um, approach to where oftentimes for many businesses, especially small businesses, 80% of your income typically comes from 20% of the work that you do. And that's not saying that just because a certain income stream doesn't make you the most money that you have to cut it out completely. I think especially as artists, we know that that is not the case. We have various reasons for creating artwork. Um, some series are more income driven than others, but I think it really is um, a good focus for you to have to at least clarify which pieces do make me the most money. How do I feel about that? Do I want to continue pursuing that? And then you can kind of also shift how you use your time based off of that information too. Yeah, absolutely. And two things I'd like to add to that, you know, we've had podcast episodes in the past where we talk about time tracking. So that's one way. Um, or one of the metrics I believe that you should be looking at. If you're mm -hmm. spending all your time on the income stream that makes you the least money, it's a little hard to try to look back in the year and try to figure it out out of the top of your head. So this is why we talk about tracking our time mm -hmm. using free apps like Clockify so that in your studio practice, business art business practice, you can see where your time is going based on categories that you set yourself. And then what you do, and we've talked about this when we talk about art inventory and tracking your income and expenses, um, if you're already keeping track, at least on a general overview level of what your sales represent, the different categories that you're set, then you can compare the information. And what I mean by this, to put it as succinctly as possible, because this is a whole separate episode if we wanted to dive into the whole detail of it, but Essentially, what you're looking at is if you're tracking your time, you know how much time you spend on murals, how much time you spend on paintings, how much time you spend on sculptures, etc. On teaching, you know, your different income streams. And then um, you have the time metrics and then you look on the other end and you go, OK, so I spent a bazillion hours, whatever it is, throughout the year. And a lot of that was spent on making small paintings, like giftable things, like tiny paintings, uh, easy products, et cetera. And then you look at the return on your investment and on your time. And you're like, I barely made anything. Why did I spend all these hours on this thing that didn't really, it wasn't really much of a drop in the bucket in terms of income. Now, there might be other things where you're like, well, maybe prints, for example, profit wise, they don't give you a smudge, but they almost run on autopilot. Almost. They're almost, you know, almost passive to a certain extent. So there's not that much extra work from you. It's worth keeping it on, right? Because it's not right. taking as much effort as trying to make tiny originals. So that's where it's like something that if you haven't done in 2023, we highly, highly, highly encourage you to do in 2024. That will help you with the kind of work and, you know, analysis that Jackie's talking about. You need to track your time and you need to 
what you're spending it on and you need to track your sales and what categories they're on. Like right now, because I keep everything on Clockify and Airtable, I can literally look at a glance and know exactly how many murals, how many large paintings, how many small paintings, how many like sculptures, how many teaching, other income streams, artist services, literally at a glance, I can literally just sort through the different categories to know exactly how much I made in each of those categories. And then I can compare them against a report from Clockify and be like, how much time did I spend on sculptures this year or sculpture related tasks? this year versus I can look at my income and say, how much money did I make on sculptures this year? And I literally can see side by side. But anyways, don't want to dive into it too much. Definitely can be its own episode, but do want to highly encourage you. Um, if you haven't yet, as you think about planning for 2024, plan how you're going to track your time and how you're going to track your income and expenses. Right. And I think especially kind of looping it back to the income standpoint, whether you are looking at it retroactively, having that information also allows you to see how much can I make this year? If I mm -hmm. keep using my time as I'm using it, is it realistic to make $1,000 this year? Is it realistic to make $10,000 this year? Or do I need to increase my prices, my hourly rate, any of those things? So we'll definitely look at that. Um, maybe we can deep dive in a deeper episode. Um, but with using that information from 2023, um, from an income stream standpoint, I'm really focusing on uh, two elements of my current business and then adding an additional. So the first one, which we, you kind of touched on Adriana, um, is art products. So mm -hmm. this was one of my largest income streams for the year. And the biggest value add that it has for me is that, as you mentioned, like once you set it up, it requires minimal maintenance besides making sure that I have inventory in my studio, um, or if I want to add a new design, it's simply updating a system it's not starting from scratch. And this is definitely one of what people call like passable or um, passive income streams to which the easiest way to think of it is if someone orders one art print or 10 art prints, that doesn't affect me at all in terms of the amount of time. It's simply more money, right? Um, because yeah, it's not the same as, oh, someone may orders one painting versus 10 paintings. That's like 10 X the amount of time. So I definitely want to expand on my product line. Um, so I already offer a handful of art products. So my color catchers that hang in the window, I have quote cards and stickers also have like apparel and some notebooks now, which have been very popular. Uh, so I want to expand that, which will definitely be helpful with getting my iPad and learning Pro procreate um, to really digitize designs rather than having to draw them by hand, scan them, then digitize them. So especially as I'm thinking about expanding murals too, um, potentially having more exposure in the community, having art products that I can have in coffee shops or breweries where I have murals in will be a great tie-in um, to where people can visit a space hopefully fall in love with the mural and then like take a notebook or something home with them that's still connected to the creative space, um, which is also an element of how I've been able to use my art products this year that has been super helpful when I sat down to look at the numbers was 
Um, I've partnered with a couple nonprofits or and corporate um, companies to where they actually turn my art products into their corporate awards or their end of the year awards or customer appreciation gifts, which are those larger quantity orders that really move the needle when it comes to income. So I really want to lean into those more, more intentionally grow that part of my business um, and hopefully sell more art products, which would be great. Um, And so then the second one that I'm focused on in addition to art products is murals as well, Um, mainly because it was my single largest paycheck for the year. Um, Not that if by hour, it's necessarily the most profitable compared to some original paintings, but I really enjoyed the process. Um, There is that exposure element and obviously getting like one sum of a check for a mural that takes 20 to 30 hours is a good day. So I'll really be focusing on corporate tech spaces because most of my collectors are engineers, software developers, um, as well as wellness spaces. Being an athlete, um, I also want to be conscious of the spaces in which murals exist, that it's still reflective of me and my brand. Um, So wellness spaces, gyms, different social spaces, um, as well as we've talked about as a common theme on this podcast, like working with (laughs) local schools and nonprofits in theirs. Um, So I'm very excited about that and expanding that now that I feel like I've started in 2023 and now in the being the new year, really level up what is possible with that income stream. And the brand new one that I'm adding, those are two that I'm leveling up products and murals. The one I'm adding is these sculptures. So it's kind of hard to have metrics or expectations for it because it is so new. Like literally I've started this week new, Um, but I'm excited to see where those go in terms of um, exhibition opportunities, showing them with paintings and displays um, and even potentially a collector base um, that is brand new too, which is very exciting. But how about you, Adriana, from an income standpoint, um, what is a big focus of yours in the new year? So one of the things that was focused in 2023 that I'm shifting around a little bit in 2024 in this area is teaching and services for artists. Yes, I'll continue to offer workshops. I'll still work one-on-one with artists that need a little bit of help, you know, as they build their careers, but I definitely want to be more selective in these areas. Um, A lot of times I'll get offers for teaching a variety of classes and I love it. I enjoy it. And it's a solid income stream, but But um, some of the other things that I'm working on, it would be really hard to try to schedule a class when I'm going to be out of town or I might be painting on a mural. And then if the weather doesn't help now, that mural is going to take a little bit longer to do. And then it may run into a workshop and things like that. So because those are a little bit more static in terms of when they're uh, set out, then I'm trying to kind of work around that a little bit. I'm also still marinating ideas for an online workshop. That would mainly be pre-recorded and also feature live sessions. More to come on that. It's something that would be semi-passive in terms of income, um, especially for those folks that would just want to be self-directed. Um, but it would mean planning the live session. So still got to work on that one. And then um, I added 
or brought back, I should say, Prince in 2023. I hadn't had Prince for at least a year at that point. So brought him back, um, much like you were talking about products. Um, I mean, it is a way where if somebody orders 100 of them, because it is tied in with a third-party fulfillment uh, partner, um, printing partner, then it's not like I'm printing them at home, right? Or that I have to go in person to go pick them up and then delivery and then post office. You know what I mean? Like it, it, a lot of it is happening, you know, from behind the scenes, which is fantastic. So I'm trying to figure out what would be the plan for some sort of periodic release of new, uh, new print designs. So more to come on that. In this in this area, there's a lot of more to come. Um, and then the one thing that I'm definitely certain about is um, murals, of course, uh, which we keep talking about because they are that important. Um, but I'm figuring out the types of businesses and institutions that I want to collaborate with. Um, like I said, to me, I see it as a collaboration. So it's not just, hey, let me do whatever I would do in a painting and just plaster it here. It needs to be mutually beneficial. It also needs to be reflective of my body of work um, to a certain extent. So we'll see how that comes out. And then one thing I'm kind of excited about in talking to other muralists is that some of them trade or do partial trades with uh, Airbnb owners. So they're painting inside their Airbnbs um, in exchange for some of the stay. So they're they're getting part of it in money, part of it in a stay. So they get to enjoy another city, they get to enjoy another country, and they get to paint a mural. So the pay is not as good because it's not all cash, but it kind of works out in the end. So looking forward to that, exploring that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot in this area that we're looking at. But next up, we do want to talk to you all about uh, some of our personal goals and the overall theme slash word of the year. But first, let's fit in a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Level Up Artists Business Community. This ever-evolving membership values community over competition and growing connections with fellow creatives who share the same goals and challenges as you. Life as a modern artist can be both exciting and overwhelming. Art school or self-taught, emerging or seasoned professional, there's a lot of information out there, but what do working artists actually need? Other industries have continuing education programs for their professionals to sharpen up their skills and stay up to date with the systems, technology, and tools needed to succeed. And we believe that artists should too. We've spent countless hours of trial and error weeding through tons of information to find the gold and creating sustainable systems that actually work so you don't have to waste your time going down endless rabbit holes. <laughs> we are passionate about exchanging ideas and sharing resources with fellow career-minded artists about the business side of art. From artist documents and exhibition prep to templates and tools to help you work faster and smarter, our course modules cover everything from social media to technology and sustainable studio practices too. Ready to get started? Head on over to leveluppartistshub.com to learn more, get immediate access, and level up your creative career today. Welcome back, everyone. So, of course, we cannot talk about 2024 goals without also acknowledging that, yes, art-making goals are important, and yes, art-business goals are important, but... There are also personal goals that are equally important. I think especially as career-minded artists, a lot of the time, the reason that we want to have an art career in addition to making beautiful art for the world is to have that flexibility and that freedom of our schedule. 
So that also comes with personal life goals. So for the new year, there's definitely a handful that stick out in my mind. Um, the first being from a health standpoint, um, I want to get back into meal prepping, which is like pretty simple um, and might be weird for people to hear on this podcast because we don't talk about that that much. But um, I love cooking. I think it's so much fun, but it is a decision making element throughout the week that it would be very nice to like get into weekly meal prep, bulk cook my meals for the week, um, and especially help in terms of like impromptu trips to the studio, late nights at the studio, decrease money that I spend on takeout while I'm downtown at the studio um, so because I already have that food ready, which also comes to um, investing more in personal finance education. That's been a huge focus of mine. Um, or was in December and is now in January. It wants to be something that's top of mind for me, simply because I'm currently in a place where outside of my studio, I'm renting right now. I am not a homeowner, would love to be one day, um, but also want to make sure that from a personal finance standpoint, I'm just educating myself, making the best decisions that I can, given where I am right now, um, being okay in that situation. And then as art business investments take off and mural projects expand, understanding what that means financially. So that's been a huge focus of mine because in years past, like rewind three, four years ago, I felt like I knew nothing about finances and it was definitely an insecure um, element for me. And so it's a slow process for sure. If anyone else is out there thinking like, oh my goodness, that sounds super intimidating. The hardest part is really starting with any area that you don't know a lot about. So for me, that's the personal life goal is diving more into that, as well as just additional hobbies and interests that don't necessarily have to have KPI goals or just goals in general, like doing things simply because I love them, um, which might sound like a funny goal, but things like playing the piano is like a non-creative hobby that I want to, or a non-business creative hobby. Because obviously once you turn your art into a business that shifts your relationship with it a bit, um, definitely still enjoy art making. Um, honestly, even more so now that it's part of my business, but I want to have a creative hobby that I don't have to have goals or metrics or anything with. It's like no pressure, just enjoying it. So playing the piano again, um, listening to more audiobooks, just because I love being able to do that rather than sit down and read. Um, I like having movement when I'm doing that. And I want to prioritize um, more trips this year and especially camping trips. Like I love traveling and exploring cities, but I think especially mentally and even creatively, one thing that would do me really well is getting back into camping more, whether it's car camping, whether I start investing in some camping equipment. Um, we are in an area where you could really travel an hour, two, maybe three and see some like amazing natural sites. So I want to start doing that more, kind of like get grounded in nature again. But yeah. how about you, Adriana? What are some of your personal life goals in the new year? Oh, some of them definitely have to do tra with traveling too. So one of them is definitely also related to the outdoors. I want to spend more time painting and creating, maybe even creating mural designs, 
um, while I'm outdoors. Uh, love glamping. I'm not camping in a tent. Thank you very much. Uh, love glamping in the RV or staying in cabins and things like that. So that's that's part of it. But I think this year, and especially as I look at, at artist residencies and or mural opportunities in other cities and or countries, um, a lot of it is, can I travel and have it coincide with one of those projects so that in a way, either there's already something lined up that I'm going to be doing um, at that location, like a residency, and or there's a mural already happening at that location. That was kind of like what my experience was with Dominican Republic. It was a little bit of vacation for one of the weeks. But then the other week, it was like working on murals, now working with other muralists, like you know, having like this opportunity to do all these things in one place. And I really like that. One of those people that on vacation, I don't want to just sit around and do nothing. Like, yes, it's great. Go sit on a beach somewhere. But no, I like to be doing other stuff. And it's hard for me to separate the art stuff. So I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna embrace it. I'm gonna mash them together. Not all the time, but at least sometimes. So definitely an increased interest in travel. I have several countries on the list that I'm like, ooh, can I do an artist residency there or a mural or both? So we'll see what happens. Um, I definitely want to generate the additional necessary income um, to invest in a plot of land near Asheville. It's been a long-term dream of mine, more than 10 years, I should say, that I want my mountain home. Um, and Asheville is such an artistic community in the western part of the state that I've always been in love with. So that's a longer term goal to build a tiny home uh, and or cabin. Like we'll see what happens. But uh, one of the goals, personal slash finance goals, actually, for 2024 is to raise the money to at least put a down payment on something. We'll see what that looks like. If it's land, small home, I don't know. We'll see. Um, while keeping my current home. So that's always a challenge. That's why I said extraditional income because I am a homeowner and I do have to contend with all the expenses associated with that. So yep. we'll see what happens. Not ready to move away uh, this year, but definitely want to make the steps towards having something, uh, a vacation home, a second home and or future home actually. Um, and then I want to continue uh, prioritizing scheduled rest days and even staycations. Uh, it's hard for me because yes. I like to work seven days a week if you let me. So trying to, uh, yeah, I know, I know. Hey, love, I mean, love art and it's become an integral part of my life. But I'm doing a little bit better with some days where I'm like, I'm not doing anything art related to me, and that's okay. So trying to be more intentional about it. Yeah. I think that's a big thing too. Just being intentional is oftentimes a goal for a lot of people around the new year time. Like I just want to be intentional by establishing goals. You're being intentional. And so I have full faith that you'll be able to be intentional with your rest time in the new year too, because that is very important from a sustainability standpoint, which speaking of being intentional, Adriana, if we had to boil it down as we wrap up this episode um, of all of our goals, if you had to boil it down to one thing, what would your one word for 2024 be? It's a two-word combo again. Uh, last year, it was sustainable expansion. And this year, I'm only with focused growth, not just growth, focus, like laser focus growth, artist residencies, murals, strategic partnerships with art professionals, exhibitions that display paintings and ceramics together, sharing the art journey and the art 
process itself in more intentional ways online and in person. Um, continue to partner up with other creatives and get assistance when needed. Continue to prioritize rest at home and abroad. And then uh, keeping in mind that momentum is good, but it's also important to pause, reevaluate what working, what isn't. Pivot is needed and then keep moving forward. So I feel like of all the things we talked to today, this is the easiest way for me to summarize it. And once I put it all together, focus growth. That's That's what we're going for in 2024. How about you? Yeah, I think looking back in 2023, my focus was exploration and expansion. In 2024, exploration is definitely still part of it. But I would say if I had to pick one word, it would be um, to be grounded in terms of not being so rigid and planned that it's inhibiting um, the process or inhibiting the outcome, especially just being grounded and focused on paying attention to the audience that like really matters, always kind of zooming out to be like, well, what's the ultimate goal here? Rather than getting stuck in the weeds of the details like I tend to do, um, being super intentional with partnerships and honestly just allowing myself the space to do things simply because they make me happy. Um, because I lean on the side of like structure and order and strategy um, so that I know I'm very... I won't be prone to overcorrect in that way. So I want to just be, do things that make me happy. Physical flexibility is a huge focus of me, but also just like being grounded in nature and thoughts and journaling and being more present, leaving time for magic this year and seeing what happens with that. So with all of that though, this is going to be a very busy year for both of us. I can definitely tell already. Um, And we hope that no matter what for our listeners, Whatever your 2024 goals are, um, we hope that this is the best year yet for you, your art practice, and your art business, if that's a focus for you. Yeah, happy 2024, everybody. And if you're looking to level up your year, you're going to love next next week's episode. We have some exciting uh, news, so stay tuned. As always, our blog will be linked in today's show notes. We can find episode notes and links to all of our other podcast episodes. And if you want to stay connected with us in between episodes, share your feedback, or have a question you would like for us to answer on the podcast, you can reach us through social media. I'm at Amay Art across all platforms. And I'm at J Sanders Studio on all platforms. And if you want to follow the podcast, we are at Level Up Artists on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.